everyone. I'm Jen Garrett and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. On this podcast, we are going to talk about how to succeed in business and in life by putting winning strategies into practice to help you advance faster. So if you're looking to move forward and reach that next level of greatness, then you are in the right place. Now get ready. Let's suit up, show up and move the ball. Hey everyone, Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you on another episode of Move the Ball. Now, if you've been listening to prior episodes of the show, you know that I've been on the road quite a bit. I was on a three-month deployment, just got back a couple weeks ago, was home for a couple weeks, and now I'm back on the road. Today, I'm recording from out in Southern California, where the weather is perfect. It's been in the 70s, so it's been really nice. And I'm excited for my chat with today's guest. So let's get right into it. Today, inside the huddle with us and ready to help us to move the ball is Jason Fox. Jason is a former offensive tackle who played college football at the University of Miami and was drafted by the Detroit Lions in the fourth round of the 2010 NFL Draft. After playing six years in the NFL for the Lions and the Miami Dolphins, Jason founded a company called Earbuds, which was the first social-focused music-sharing platform. And instead of me talking more about Earbuds and what makes it so cool, I'll let Jason chat more about that in just a little bit. So Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, Jen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. So let's start off our conversation. Instead of talking about earbuds, let's start about your journey with football first. And so you're from Fort Worth, Texas, and everyone knows that Texas is a big football state. You were a four-star high school recruit. Uh, Talk to us about how did you get into playing football? What was that journey like? And then in high school, what was that like transitioning from playing tight end to being on the offensive line? Yeah, I remember football being you know, my favorite sport is, is probably some of my earliest memories. And I remember telling my dad when I was six years old, I was, I was going to play in the NFL. Uh, I was ended up being right about that one. I was wrong about, I told him I was going to play for the Cowboys because I was a huge Cowboys fan growing up, but I couldn't get my mom to sign any permission slips until <laughs> I got to middle school. So I didn't start playing football to middle school uh, to be able to play a sport. I love uh, all the way from seventh grade to the highest level is just you know, really a dream come true. Gotcha. And so talk to us about you know, what was it like, you know, making that transition. So going from tight end to playing on the offensive line is kind of a big transition. And so what was that like for you having to adapt to that? Yeah, I mean, it's way less glory. Tight end's a little bit more fun. You get to run some routes and hopefully catch uh, a ball or two and get every once in a while, once a blue moon, you find the end zone, which is which is always fun. But when I started my sophomore year, I made varsity. Once I started getting recruited, it became very apparent that at the next level, if I played college football, I would I would be an offensive lineman. That became very apparent once I got to the University of Miami and I played with guys like Greg Olson and, and Jimmy Graham. I was nowhere near athletic as they are. but So I just made my mindset was I need to get some practice at this. So when I was a senior, I moved from tight end to offensive line and I, I was still learning, but I wanted to have a year under my belt before I had the opportunity to go play college football. So that that's kind of what I was thinking about it. And, you know, I wasn't even really thinking about the NFL yet. I just was wanting to be one step ahead and say, if I have a chance to succeed at this in college, I, let me see what this is about now. Gotcha. And you played at the University of Miami, but there are other schools that you're considering, Big 12 schools. So talk to us about what was going through your mind as you were deciding what school to go through and why did you ultimately choose Miami? Oh, man. Uh, From the time I got a phone call from Miami, deep in my heart, I knew that's where I wanted to go. 
I think I was the only person that wanted that. My parents, my high school coaches, everybody wanted me to stay local, but I just loved everything about the Hurricanes. They were, you know, a top five program at the time. I think they were ranked third in the country when I committed there. I had recently watched the rise to the top and just the swagger that they played with. And just, I was just a massive fan of them. Honestly, I, I would play with them in the, the NCAA video game. It's just, uh, and, and once I had that opportunity, I definitely entertained it for my parents' sake more than anybody else. A lot of local Big 12 schools, but deep in my heart, I knew I always wanted to go to Miami. And Miami also was, you know, a great opportunity, not only a chance to get away and play a top tier program, but I, I had two goals. I wanted to win a championship and I wanted to play in the NFL. And at the time, Miami gave me the best opportunity to do both of those. Gotcha. And now when you were at Miami, you started as a true freshman, uh, played in the season opener against Florida State. Talk to us about what was it like playing your very first college football game? You know, that was a big plus. Another reason I I didn't mention about going to the University of Miami. When I was a senior in high school, both of their tackles were seniors. And most schools told me I would redshirt, you know, maybe when I'm a junior, I would see the field. And I just hated hearing no matter how hard I worked, I would never be able to see the field that it was like, you had to just wait and put in the time. But Miami set told me the opposite. They said, you may never see the field, but the best player will play. And I don't care if you're a freshman, I don't care if you're a senior, the best player will play. And I just love that mindset. So I went in with that mindset. And when I was the first day of freshman training camp, I was the fourth string tackle and slowly fought my way up the the ranks in training camp. And by the first game, which was Florida State on Monday night, they had me as the starting right tackle, which was exciting, but also super nerve wracking at the time. I didn't know what college football was like. We both were ranked top 10 in the country. Monday night football, I saw a stat the other day that even said that was the most watched college football game that wasn't a bowl game. I remember throwing up like four times before the game even started. And you know, running out of the smoke for the first time at the old at the old Orange Bowl was an amazing experience. And I remember getting to our sideline and seeing all types of celebrities there. You know, all the great Canes that played in the past, like Edger and James, Michael Irving, so many others. Uh, Shaq and D Wade were on our sideline. Jay Z and Beyonce were, were there because they were probably living in Miami. And I was like, holy, this is what college football is like. This is incredible. Uh, and then it was a wild game. We ended up losing. But <laughs> the kind of the, the end of that story is I realized college football wasn't always that that way because I think the next week we played Duke or somebody and I think it was the stadium was half empty and we're near the same experience. But uh, Miami, Florida State is is a college football atmosphere. And for that to be my very first game was definitely an amazing experience. Yeah, sound like it, like that was awesome. So you mentioned earlier that the coaches said that the best people are going to play, right? And I love that. And so talk to us about what did you do specifically? What habits, what strategies did you put into practice to ensure that you would be the best so that you could be a starter? Oh, uh, honestly, I, I've tried to find every edge I could. You know, Miami had a bunch of great offensive linemen on the team. And I think we signed four offensive linemen my uh, recruiting class and uh, on rivals and scout and all those you know rated services I was I was the lowest tiered one and so I I spent extra time in the classroom I became attached to the coaching staff tried to learn the playbook as much as possible and then if I got an opportunity I tried to make the most of it I think my first practice I got three reps 
And, but I try to make them the best three reps I could. I gave all I have for three plays. And, you know, I think the next day they gave me a few more and a few more. And I think there's, I think a lot more comes into it when it comes for longer term, I think diet and preparation and all that. But as far as training camp, when I just, I, I didn't hold back. I knew that if I didn't earn that position, I might be on the bench for a long time. So I wanted to make sure I gave it my best shot. Gotcha. And the reason I asked that question too is off the field, I think to a lot of the people listening as they're looking at how can they advance in their own careers, it's adopting that same mentality as you want to be the best that you can be in the workplace. In the workplace, it's a little different because you don't necessarily have the possibility of being cut like in the NFL. I mean, they, they could have layoffs and things like that, but your job isn't necessarily on the line each and every day, each and every game, right? But in the, in the workplace, you still got to perform, still got to show why you are the best contributor, why you are differentiated from others out there. And when you do that, you will have opportunities to perform, to grow and to advance in your career. I think you nailed it. It was a little, once I retired from the NFL and I got into the business world, you know, startups have their own unique set of challenges. But when I just saw how, not necessarily with earbuds, but just, you know, the normal work life for a lot of people, it's go to work, punch a clock, not motivated, not wanting to, you know, advance in the careers or advance themselves in any way. And it was so shocking because football is such a, a high, high competitive league and to, to succeed in college or uh, especially to su succeed in the NFL and last, I mean, there's a lot of people gunning for your job. So if you're not hungry, if you're not working, if you're not moving forward, if you're not getting better every day, you know, you don't normally last very long. And so I try to give, you know, people that I talk to, I, Hey, I try to do the same thing for earbuds every day with not only myself, but our team and, uh, you know, everybody I come in contact, that's one of the, the first things I, I push them to be is, you know, don't be complacent in it, which is easy to do, you know, keep moving forward, keep getting better. And, you know, normally that it pays off. Absolutely. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is adaptability, because you when you were in college, you not only played left tackle, you played right tackle. And so those two positions are very different for those that don't really know football, it's not just a matter of lining up somewhere else, right on the line, like there, it's, it's a different position to play. And so talk to us about how do you make that transition? What is it like to be, you have to be adaptable, have to be willing to uh, perform at other positions on and off the field to be successful in our careers as well. So how did you take that transition for one? How did you adapt? Yeah, I played my first four games at right tackle. And then after that, I went uh, and played the rest of my career at left tackle. But not only in college, I mean, the NFL, I think it was way more back and forth. <laughs> there was a span, uh, I think in my fifth or sixth year, where I played four games and I kind of alternated left, right, left, right, depending on other people's status for the game, if they were able to play or not. And it's very different. You know, I think a lot of people think it's the same thing because it's both left and tackled, but you're you're doing everything backwards. Yes. It is literally the, it's every, and not only that, Left tackles are normally asked to do a little bit more, you know, protecting and right tackles are a little bit no more for, for run blocking. But at the end of the day, it's, you're just doing everything backwards. And um, my mindset was, you know, this gives me more value as a player. If I can play both, if I, if I can be more versatile, then that helps not only my team that not, that helps me, you know, improve as a player. And that's going to help keep me around and hopefully, uh, you know, win more ball games in the process. Absolutely. And, you know, when we're 
in teams, off the field, in the career setting, or in on any project, doesn't have to be in work. I mean, sometimes, especially in the entrepreneurial world, you just got to get down and do whatever position you need to, right, to move the ball. And that requires you to be versatile, to adapt. And so if people are, are in jobs and their leadership are asking them to take on other functions that they normally wouldn't do, what advice would you give them to kind of just roll with it and not push back and not try to, you know, uh, refute the change, but to roll with it to really contribute to the team? You know, it's funny you say that. I, I never really made that correlation between being versatile on a football field and being versatile as a founder, because as a founder, when you're a early teens, when you're a, uh, whether you're a one, two or three person team, you're doing every role. <laughs> you're doing marketing, you're doing fundraising, you're doing operations, you're doing budgeting, financing. I mean, you're doing, you're doing it all, but, but there's value in that. And whether you, you're self-employed or whether you, you're in a role that your manager or, or your boss might be asking you to do something that is a little outside your job description. But I think, I think it's really easy to, for your first initial reaction to be like, well, that's not my job, but there's value in that. And if you are able to show that your boss you're even more valuable than maybe he or the company originally thought, then, you know, there's, there's probably promotions, there's more additional compensation if you can even go above and beyond. So finding other ways to be valuable is, is key. Absolutely. And one of the other things that football teaches us is resiliency, right? If you mess up or have a bad play, you get back in the game, focus on the next play. Same needs to be true in life. And too often people get so hung up on the mistake or somebody dropped the ball, right? And so they just like to complain and vent about that instead of focusing on, all right, let's go. <laughs> we don't have time to waste on, on being mad at someone. We just have to move forward. And so talk to us about a time when Maybe you were playing game and you messed up or a teammate messed up on a critical play. Like, how do you get mentally back in the game and, and put that aside and keep moving forward and focusing on the next play? Yeah, I, I talk all the time about the different correlations between sport and business or football and startups or whatever it may be. Overcoming adversity is like one of the first ones that comes to mind every single time. And, and the reason for it is because that's absolutely true. If you get beat on a play. I remember <laughs> my first game in the NFL, I had a holding call that negated a touchdown. And when I got to the sideline, I thought my old line coach was going to strangle me. That was probably the only time I've been scared on a football field. But we overcame it. We won the game. I mean, it was a preseason game, thank God. So he probably didn't actually strangle me. But you can't let that affect the next play. You're, it's a high-level sport in football. You're not going to win every single play. You try to win most of them. But the ones you uh, don't win, you, you learn from. You take something from it. But you have, to, you have to move on. You have to keep moving forward. You have to keep pushing forward. You have to keep moving the ball. You know, a little plug there. Thank but you. it's true. I mean, honestly, it's true. And the same thing with especially startups, but all types of business, whatever your role may be, you're, there's going to be long days. There's going to be dog days and things where, you know, something falls out or an activation doesn't go as well as you planned or funding falls through or that big promotion you were hoping for didn't happen. And that's fine. Shake it off. Learn from it. Do better. Get better and, and, and keep moving forward. Sure. So I have one question that I'm going to ask you about playing in the NFL. And then I want to talk about earbuds and how you got on that journey and how it's been for you. So the last question that I have tied to the NFL specifically is what was the most memorable game for you 
and why was it memorable? And then what was the most important lesson that you learned from playing professional football? You know, it's funny because when you're in it, there's there's a lot of memorable moments and you look back and there's a couple that really stick out both as a team and personally at the NFL. I played six years. I only made the playoffs once and winning the game to lock up, you know, advancing to the playoffs was a very special moment. You know, guys celebrating in the locker room, that sense of achievement. And unfortunately, uh, we didn't go very deep in the playoffs, but so I wanted to say winning a championship or something like that. Overall, the one of the biggest things you remember is a, the locker room, just the guys, that camaraderie, that that's what you miss the most. And But even what you, I would say, even miss more than that is that feeling after a win, leaving it all out on the line, coming in, you, you know you're going to be beat and bruised and maybe even bloody the next day or even at that moment. And But it doesn't matter because it doesn't, you don't even feel it because you just came in victorious and it's the best feeling in the world. Uh, that can't re- be replicated anywhere else, which is a really cool experience. And, and then working working in teams working with different types of people with maybe that think differently or have a different belief system as you or different leadership styles i mean you just have to learn to overcome so much but still at the same time come together uh towards a common goal and that's what and that's what business is that's what sports is and there's just so much overlap i, I know so many athletes that have gone on from their their playing days to do amazing things and those people that took everything they learned and approached the game. They, they, they're approaching business the same way they approach the game. And so, I don't know, it'd be really hard to still boil that down into one thing. I like you bringing up being able to take diverse perspectives and everyone coming together for a common goal, right? When, when nobody cares where you came from, what your background is, it's all about we're all in this together and there's this camaraderie and it's very different than, uh, than the working world. And I, I obviously did not play football, but being of the military background, that's a very similar thing where you know, it doesn't matter where people came from. We're all here to perform a mission, to get something done and just come together. And it's a similar type of bond. So let's talk about earbuds. So you hung up your cleats and now it's time to transition out of the NFL. Talk to us about the journey. I'm familiar with the story of why you uh, created earbuds, but share with our listeners, why did you uh, decide to start earbuds? Yeah. As I said earlier, when I was in high school wanting to play offensive line to get one step ahead, and my, my mind always tries to stay one step ahead of, you know, what, what the next move is. And there was something I noticed uh, while I was playing in the NFL. And before every game, guys on my team, guys on the other team, they would always have their headphones on and getting off the bus in the locker room, on the field before games. You turned on an NBA game. Everybody was warming up with headphones on. You turn on the Olympics or X Games. Everybody had was listening to music. I saw guys take screenshots, posting it on their socials. And I was like, man, there's got to be a, a better way to share this this moment, to share what people are listening to. And I remember watching the 2016 Summer Olympics with Michael Phelps. And it was the number one thing trending worldwide on Twitter was what's Phelps listening to. And I was like, man, there's an opportunity here. There's a market here. I wonder if we can make this a reality. And, and that's why we try to bring the light with earbuds is a, a social platform centered around music. And that's exactly what we do. We, we put you in the headphones of your favorite people. And we did that by partnering with Spotify and Apple Music originally. Uh, and now we have Pandora signed up and verbally agreed with Amazon Music to move forward there as well. So, uh, And the cool thing about our, our tech is that we're completely hardware and provider agnostic. So 
you want to listen along with your favorite athlete, you want to listen along with your sister, significant other, coworker, whoever it is, you know, we allow you to, you know, share your playlist in real time, share your music together uh, and listen together, which is something that we're building on, but we've from traction and progress there. And so talk to us what it was like uh, starting out as an entrepreneur, share with us some of the hard points, some of the high points, just share with us your experience. Yeah, absolutely. Startups, all types of startups, but especially tech startups have long days in the beginning, you know, getting off the ground. I want, I had to convince the streaming services, how to convince, you know, the labels that this was a good idea and that they should work with us and how we could all grow together here. And, and then you have to build a team. I'm not a technical person. You had to raise money to fund the whole thing. And being down in Austin and competing with Dropbox and Facebook and Google and Oracle and all the different tech behemoths down there, you know, I got to convince him to quit his job at, at Facebook and leave all his stock options to come work, work for an athlete <laughs> that's never run a tech company before. It was, it was challenging in the beginning. It really was. But to use that saying again, you just keep moving forward, keep moving the ball, keep making first downs, you know, built out betas. It went well, raised some money, built out the product, iterate on the product. You know, now we have a platform that's doing extremely well. We've been streamed in over 165 different countries. You know, I thought of this watching Cam Newton warm up and I was like, man, what if I was able to get people were able to listen in with their favorite quarterbacks warming up? And I think we have 10 or 12 NFL quarterbacks on the platform. Patrick Mahomes is one of the uh, the $500 million man is one of the biggest ones. He was live on our app before most games and even the Super Bowl last year and had thousands of people listening along with them from all over the world, which is a really cool experience and use case that we're, we've been able to point to. And yeah, and we've just grown from there. We're now expanding to other verticals besides sports and just continue to, to, to grow the business. That's awesome. And share with us, what was the, what was the hardest obstacle you had to overcome? Oh, you know, I think at first, the stereotype of being an athlete was such a hurtful thing. And I don't mean hurtful as like hurt my feelings, but it was so hard to recruit talent to work for us. It was so hard to raise money. Like, what, how, how, what do you know about running a tech company? How do you know? What do you know about this? And I mean, there was some validity there. I never managed a team like that before. I've never had a project manage people and I've learned right or wrong or, right ways to do that but just you know learning all the things wearing all those different hats in the beginning is challenging but it was one of the best things for me as a person to grow and expand my skill sets things that i used to know nothing about i'm pretty well versed in now and so there there was a lot but it's funny because it now it comes back around and being labeled an athlete was a way for them to credit us not working and now it's opened up way more doors and it's more of a positive than anything else. It's like, this guy gets it. He's used to figuring things out. He's used to going through adversity. He has connections. He's been able to recruit some people. He's been able to bring the right partnership like this. He's, he's a grinder. He's an offensive lineman. Like now it's been shifted into this, that once was a negative thing into a positive thing. And so we've definitely both personally and, and the company has been through long days is about how I'll put it. But now we're, we're starting to see the fruits of our labor and it's really exciting. Oh, that's awesome. And so talk to us as an entrepreneur myself, I know how 
how hard you have to work every day, right? To continue to, to try to move the ball. You deal with a lot of rejection. You chase things that you think are going to have some, some traction and they end up not working. Like how do you deal with rejection or time spent on things that didn't work out and kind of get back and focusing on that next play? Or like, how do you stay mentally locked in on what you need to do? There's a lot of things. Mental toughness, you know, that that doesn't happen overnight. Uh, I think you get hardened. And, you know, one one thing about me, and not everybody's wired this way, and I definitely, I'm not claiming to be perfect by any means, and I have plenty of flaws, but rejection doesn't scare me as it probably does most people because I'll just keep banging on the door or eventually just, you know, go over it or around it or if, run through it if I have to. And so I, I would say if you're, a, if you're a startup founder is look for signal. Look for signal that what you're doing is right. If you have signal, if you have people wanting to buy your product, if you have people wanting to use your tech, if you are getting organic feedback, not you asking someone that you're, you're adding value and they're willing to pay for it, then be definitely willing to put up with rejection along the way because that's just part of it. But once you know you're onto something, dealing with some losses along the way is just part of it. So I would say validate or know that you're on the right track when you have something to hold on to like that and something to point to. And if you have a team, something to direct your team to, then it makes it a lot easier than just trying to stay positive the whole time and move forward. Absolutely. I love that. So you mentioned earlier, uh, next first downs and something I talk about in my Move the Ball book is focusing on the next first down. So what does the next first down look like for you with earbuds? You know, I, I think there's a couple of different paths that, that could be. I mentioned earlier that we signed up Pandora. We're in the process of finalizing Amazon Music. That's something that's at the top of my mind. You know, one thing, not to get into the nuts and bolts of our business, but there's so many uh, music fans and people that want to be in the headphones, uh, whether it's an athlete or their sibling or coworker, or, you know, whoever it may be. A lot of them don't have... Spotify account, an Apple Music account, a Pandora, whatever it may be, there's a lot of people that just use YouTube. And so trying to figure out a free option for earbuds. Like right now, we are totally free as long as you have a music service account. You know, we're, we're looking to advance away and kind of maybe whether that's an earbud service or another way where anybody can tune in, that would significantly, you know, open up our funnel. You know, we're working on that and our team's working on that daily. Gotcha. Now tell people, where can they find out more about earbuds, your website, social channels? Where can people keep up with you? Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you're if you interested, go to earbudsmusic.com. Check it out. Um, you can you write us to that. You can, um, you know, all our socials are earbuds at earbudsmusic. Um, if you want to message me personally, you can. Mine's jf at earbudsmusic.com. Please download the app. Go to the app store, search earbuds and and let us know what you think. Awesome. And we'll be sure to put all of those links in the show notes too, so people can uh, check you out, reach out, download the app and get in touch with you. So what I want to do now is I want to transition to my two minute drill where I'm going to just ask you seven fun questions. Are you ready? Yep. Let's do it. All right. First one is what's your favorite food? Uh, you're asking a previous offensive lineman that. that's <laughs> yes. basically what isn't my favorite food. <laughs> no, being from Texas, I, I think Mexican who, or a close second would be sushi. Both of those are my favorite food. Okay. Uh, how about what's your favorite movie? 
If I had to pick one, I'd go Dumb and Dumber, which is a different direction than we've been talking about. Probably my second one would either would probably be Remember the Titans. That is an awesome movie. It's my favorite football movie. And I just actually watched it on the plane when I flew out uh, from Chicago to California last week. So I always enjoy watching that movie. Absolutely. It's a good one. Yeah. Okay. How about what is your favorite sports team? I think I know the answer to this. <laughs> I'm going to go the the Hurricanes, Miami Hurricanes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it at college level. Okay, gotcha. How about what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten from a coach or a mentor? I feel like I'm probably the worst person you've ever interviewed for this because every time you ask me a question, I come up with six answers instead of one answer. Oh, it's great. It's um, all good. Actually, I'll give you one answer. This is, it seems very cliche, but I think it's very true. And my college offensive line coach said it to our group about every single day and it just got imprinted uh, on my brain. And so it's something I always think about. He, He said, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. I feel like there's a lot of people that, you know, could be reminded of that and even myself some days. So it's about work hard, push forward, keep moving and you'll get it. Yeah, absolutely. I hear a lot of people, they complain about these results they're not seeing, but they're not putting in the work. So if you're not putting in the work, you can't expect to get the results that you want. All right. So my next question, I'm going to flip it and ask you, if someone were to ask you for advice, what would be the best piece of advice that you would give someone? Now, this one, I also have one answer for you. I won't give you five. (laughs) Be very aware of who you're spending your time with. Surround yourself with positive encouraging people. Try to be the dumbest person in the room. Try to surround yourself with mentors. Try to surround yourself with people that are going to level you up to their level, no matter what it is, whether it's business acumen, whether it's if you're a baseball player and you're trying to learn how to throw a curveball, go hang out with the best pitcher in the world at curveballs. Surround yourself with amazing people that you enjoy being around that are not going to bring you down and that are going to bring you up to their level instead of drag you down to their level. Absolutely. And when I left my corporate job to focus on being an entrepreneur, I completely shifted the people that I interacted with. I didn't uh, let go of those relationships, but just from a day to day, the people that I were in my circle uh, going into the entrepreneurial space were all people that had done that, that had built seven, eight, nine figure businesses because I wanted to learn from those people. And, and you know, it's important to, to learn from the successes and failures of others. So that way you don't repeat those things and you can accelerate your progress as well. So I think that's a great piece of advice. All right. So my next question is, uh, what is one thing that most people don't know about you? <laughs> These are great questions. I don't know why this one popped in my head. I could probably think of a better one, but I was in Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts and all that. My, my dad was, he was an Eagle Scout. All his brothers were Eagle Scouts. So it was super important that I follow in his footsteps there. And that's you know, probably something a lot of people don't know. Okay. Well, that's great that you were a, a member of the, the Scouts. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and then the last question is, if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? You know, Batman would be pretty cool. You get to hang out and drive those cars and do all that. But it'd be pretty <laughs> tough. It'd be pretty tough not to pick Superman. I mean, who wouldn't want to fly? Okay. Awesome. So as we wrap up today's show, uh, is there any final thoughts that you have for our listeners? More than anything, I'd love to hear from you. Please, you know, download earbuds, try it out. Let me know what you think. Let us know how we can make it better. And yeah, I would love to hear from you. 
Awesome. And again, we'll have all the links in the show notes. And so please reach out to uh, Jason and let him know uh, how they're doing. It's always good to get that feedback so you can improve. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for being on the show today. It's been a true pleasure. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to everyone for listening. And we will talk to you on the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you're always in the know and that you don't miss it when a new episode releases. Until next time, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.jenniferagarrett.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.